another episode of Planet Fantasy Podcast. This week, we're here to talk about Black Panther 2. Joining us this week, we have Mean Master Ryan back in action. We have our Master of Ceremonies, Michael. And joining us this week, we have two new guests. We have Steph. So Steph is a gothic Latina Marvel enthusiast, our queen. Um, And then we have Evan. So Evan is a Black filmmaker. Um, So we're really excited to have everybody on the call and uh, enjoy the show. Thanks a lot, Anna. Um, Hello, everyone. Welcome. uh, Welcome back. This is your alcohol correspondent, uh, Mike. Uh, We're going to go through some of the categories that we'd normally do for one of our uh, wonderful episodes where we're recapping Wakanda forever. The first one that we're going to start with is the Kodak moment, the best single shot or the absolute best uh, visual image that we had. Uh, Ryan, you're going to go ahead and start us off. What is what is the best Kodak moment in this movie for you? Wow, okay. Um, yeah, this one was tough because there were a lot of great shots. Um, I guess I will say um, Namor sort of rising up to the throne room after they had flooded Wakanda when the um, when they attacked um, in the in sort of the middle of the movie. Um, I thought it was just a really powerful shot of Namor. Um, it's coming after, you know, Queen Ramonda and Vivi were attacked. Um, and just, like, the image of him flying up there with the flooded throne room and, like, all that shows and all that symbolizes was really powerful, I thought. So Awesome. That's a, that's a really good one, man. Um, Steph, Steph, you're up next. What is your Kodak moment for the film? Yeah, so, um, th- like, like, like Ryan said, there's, there's just so many beautiful frames in this. Um, for me, though, what stood out was obviously T'Challa's funeral, um, the all-white everything, um, the dancing, the celebration of, um, of Black Panther's life, T'Challa's life. Um, there's nothing that is more impactful to me than that. Um, and, of course, we're all collectively grieving. We all feel, you know, the the loss of Chadwick Boseman, and I think it was a really powerful image um, to start the movie with. But that is a, it's another uh, uh, amazing one. Um, I'm gonna go third here. My my moment is uh, Killmonger on the throne, his leg up in that oh. long cable knit. Um, kind of figured he'd be here in some form or fashion, but him being the person that Shuri sees uh, in the ancestral plane when she comes up in the water. Um, you know, you figured it might've been Queen Ramonda, could've been anybody. Um, but seeing him, uh, was people gasped in my theater. So that's the one I'm going to go with. And finally, Evan, what do you got? Um, yeah, I know Ryan mentioned, uh, Namor, uh, ascending. I will mention when he kind of descended to his throne, um, in Telecon, um, with the, the feathered serpent, like head dress that he had on and just, um, just sitting down the frame, the mouth of that. Giant, I assume like a megalodon shark was just like awe-inspiring to me, and that was probably one of my favorites of the uh, of the movie. Well, we've got we've got four uh, four really hard ones to pick from, um, so we're gonna circle back around. So Namor uh, rising up to the throne room uh, during the attack on Wakanda, T'Challa's funeral, uh, Killmonger appearing on the ancestral plane, and Namor descending uh, onto his throne to address um, uh, his people. So Ryan, we're gonna circle back to you. What is your pick out of those four for uh, the Kodak moment? 
Yeah, it's really tough. They're they're all good choices. Um, I, I do like the one I selected. Obviously, um, T'Challa's funeral is so powerful, and it's probably my number two on this list. Um, Namor descending to his throne is really great, but I'm going to go with Killmonger. Um, like Michael said, uh, people in our theater gasped. I gasped mm-hmm. when I saw that. Um, I just thought it was such a, a stunning and, and powerful moment and a really um, interesting and, and cool direction. I thought that the film went there once Shuri took the herb. So that will be my choice. Nice. Steph, out of those four, uh, which one are you picking and why? I mean, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm piggybacking off of that one. That that was the moment. That was the the twist uh, of the movie is seeing Kalangra on that throne and his Michael V. Jordan's commanding presence. I'm sorry, there's just nothing that can be done uh, that can really top that, to be honest. But uh, yeah, definitely, I'm going up gumbo with that one. That's um, that's definitely that's definitely amazing. I'm I'm right now torn with T'Challa's funeral. Um, because there's so much catharsis in that, um, Uh, for everything mm -hmm. that the movie like may or may not, uh, get right. And, but it was really hard reliving the, oh my gosh, she's gone. Um, that was, it was absolutely beautiful. I'm going to stick with mine with Killmonger. Um, but, but that one really made me think as well. Um, and finally, Evan, Evan, what do you got, man? Yeah, that is it is a very tough choice. Those are all really great options. Um, man, I don't I don't want to send us in a tie, but it's really um, oh man. I think in the interest of keeping, I would also say Killmonger on the throne, just because I that when that moment happened, I just had the biggest dumbest expression on my face. I probably looked like uh, some sort of clown or cartoon character. It was just complete shock and uh, and just great to have him back. And you know, and how that how that conversation between him and Shuri then led to you know. Uh, the kind of deeper expedition we got on her journey and her uh, emotional path to uh, to getting where she was going and and mm-hmm. finding some peace eventually or finding you know some sort of relief. I thought that was really cool to uh, set that all up. No, it, it was it was phenomenal. So uh, we're gonna start off. We're gonna start off going going chalk. We got we got four for four, um, and the winner for the Kodak moment uh, for the best shot in the movie is realizing that Killmonger is on the throne. Still moving over on. <laughs> uh, moving on, we're going to go to Wallflower. Wallflower is, in this case, uh, the character that um, that we wanted to see more of. We wanted, we, hey, we thought this was great. We want, want more of them. Steph, you're up first on this one. Oh, man, you're killing me. Easier. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of torn here, but um, I think I'm gonna go with Okoye. Um, her storyline, I wish they would have expanded on that a little bit more, especially with just how devastating um, her uh, being removed and having that conversation with the queen, and just. Oh, no, she, she couldn't even talk. There was nothing, you know, there was nothing there. And I just wanted to have that a little bit more developed. Maybe with the conversation that she had with Nakia, um, they could have added a little bit more um, onto, onto her storyline. So that, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, I, I love that. And I actually, I actually wish I had thought of that um, on there. You're welcome. You're welcome. My, <laughs> this, is why, this is why we bring you on. Um, <laughs> mine is going to be Akuma, uh, who was the... Okay. Uh, larger 
primary male uh, of the Talakan Warriors oh, yeah. with the hammerhead. Um, I I just his fight scene was amazing. Um, he had the spears. He had that giant axe. Um, he had that. You know, we've we've established who Okoye is, uh, both in you know in in Black Panther and Infinity War in mm -hmm. in this movie. And she takes out three of their of, of of their warriors. I mean, pretty much without breaking a sweat. And to have him come in and, and do that, I just kind of wanted a little bit more. I wanted more characterization of him. Um, him, him, and Namora as, as, as well, but I, I really mm -hmm. wanted more from him. Whether it was the, you know those two get another showdown, or he's got some particular you know character trait. He was just he was the one I wanted more of. Um, Evan, Evan, what do you got for uh, for Wallflower? Yeah, I'm gonna say um, uh, Shiri's AI buddy Griot, uh, Griot. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I love a good sassy AI or droid sidekick or buddy. So. Um, you know, would have liked to get a little bit more of him, a little more interaction with him and some of the characters, but it's cool just to uh, to know that obviously she would have her own version of an AI to help her, you know, with all the incredible stuff she has to do down there in that lab. Um, so, yeah, the little fun moments with them were great, and I'd love to see more of that. I'm sure we'll get more in the future. So, uh, yeah. That's a good pull, man. I hadn't I hadn't considered that one hardly at all. Um, <laughs> but that really is a cool one to think about uh, as, as, as something else that we, we probably could have seen more of. And finally, Ryan. Ryan, what do you got for Wallflower? Yeah, so for me, there were two clear ones, and I was surprised you guys didn't choose the other one. Um, but I'm going with Mbaku. Um, Winston Duke is just such an electric performer, and his portrayal of that character is just so good. And I, I need more of him uh, in every movie that he's been in uh, in the MCU. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, so for our choices, we've got uh, General and then later just Citizen Okoye, uh, Akuma, the uh, Talakan warrior, Grio, the AI in Shuri's lab, and uh, Lord Mbaku. Uh, we're going to circle back around to Steph. Steph, out of those four, who's your pick? All right. Um, can I stick with my answer? Is that a you choice? Absolutely, you absolutely can. You can. Hey, okay, I'm going to stick with Okoye. I know we're going to get the show, so, you know, we're, we're still going to get more of her, but... Yeah, I wanted to see more of her. She's just such a great actress, and she 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 uh she definitely deserves a little bit more screen time, I think. But that's gonna get into a, some other stuff that I have, you know, concerns about. But we'll talk about that later. Um, I'm gonna pick a Koye too, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna drop a tiny hint. Um, I, I do think there were a lot of things that had to be done. This movie has to do a a, a mm -hmm. whole lot of different things. Um. It, it kind of felt like Captain Marvel in a way. It was like it was supposed to be too many things to too many people at once. And I just wanted more of her, of her journey, of her guilt, of, um, you know, her scene with with uh, with Queen Romando on her death is, is, mm. is amazing. Um, I, I just think we needed, she had a more central role in the first Black Panther and we got more moments with her, more moments of characterization when she when she basically tells her husband to stand down. Um, we got a reference to that, and I just wanted more of the, more of those acting moments uh, with her. So that was that's my pick as well. Evan, what do you got? Um, let's see. I would also uh, was it uh, Atuma? What's his name? Akuma. 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 Is yeah, it Akuma I'm... or Atuma? Hold on, let me look. I think it's Akuma. It, it might be Atuma. <laughs> I bet it's probably Atuma. I'm so scared <laughs> to get this wrong. Either way, we know who we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, like every time he was on screen, I was like you said, always uh, 
his action scenes were great. The combat was awesome. Yeah. Just in general, like anytime he was on screen, I was nervous. I was like, mm-hmm. just kind of worried about whoever was around him at any given point because he just had that menacing, not worried about anybody, not intimidated by anybody, just kind of presence about him. So he was uh, definitely a joy to see on screen. And uh, yeah, definitely a good, a good villain. I'm going to vote for him. It actually is Atuma. So uh, I'm going to go uh, excuse myself for getting his name wrong. <laughs> uh, anyways, Brian. Brian, what do you got? Who's your pick? Yeah. Um, so Koya is going to win um, with those two votes. I'm going to stick with my pick for M'Baku. Um, I just, I really love the character, how um, how he's evolved into sort of like a, a wise counselor who's mm-hmm. also still slightly antagonistic. Um, and who's also, uh, very funny and, uh, there for, for comic relief. And, um, I, I really just can't say enough about Winston Duke's performance. And so that's, uh, it's going to stick with that choice for me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all the way here for it. Um, M'Baku is one of the things that worked best about this movie. Um, I struggle with him for Wallflower because, um, I'm trying to think of the right comparison. It's, it's like, uh. It's like when you're listening to a Kendrick album and you get J-Rock. Like you, J-Rock is phenomenal on like one and a half songs. I don't know that I want J-Rock on every single track. Um, Mbaku was phenomenal in the way that they use him. They've kind of figured out the way that he um, he gets to he gets to show his strength. He gets to show um, his vulnerability. You, you 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 get to see how strong Namor is when he cracks his armor, right? Like you you yeah. you have this um, yeah. establishment of the power levels. Um, so I, I, he's always someone that I think about and I want more of, but I wonder if um, the role that he has in this movie, especially as kind of, you know, counselor um, and kind of, you know, someone that Shuri can, can grieve to. Um, so I, I, thought, I thought about that and we're going to bring him up a, a good bit later as well. But uh, our combined pick for the Wallflower is going to be General Okoye. Uh, next... We're moving on to uh, best location design. Uh, best, you know, again, for everything that we've got. Um, you know, the first movie and this movie both have phenomenal, um, you know, setups and, and, and set designs. I'm gonna go first here. Mine is gonna be Riri's Lab. Um, I really, really enjoy getting to see what she's worked on. Um, I love the way that they don't show you where her power armor is it's above right mm-hmm. and the whole thing is shot kind of like eye level and so it's a really cool reveal uh for that and i, I that that's gonna be my my pick for that one um evan evan you're up what's your pick for best location design um yeah i think obviously anywhere in, in Tolokan when you're down there just seeing the way that they incorporated uh, all the different elements of uh, of indigenous and mayan culture down there and just this, the way people are moving through the space and and seeing people playing like you know i don't remember what the the actual name of like the kind of older um ball game that they play that's like a stone hole on a wall kind of thing um i know exactly what you're talking about but yeah. i have no idea the name yeah. yeah so like just to see that um just the way it was like just to give it that real world feel and that real connection it was just all of all of that they did with with um kind of reimagining namor and tying into those aspects of culture were like really impressive to me probably one of my favorite parts of the movie overall so anytime we were down there in that space i was just like peeking at every little corner every little aspect i could get my hand on like trying to get as much stuff in as i could in every shot just to uh to appreciate what they were doing down there 
absolutely. That my the reason I want to watch this movie again and slow it down is because of Telecon. Uh, Ryan, what's your pick? Um, yeah, I'll I'll go with um Birinzana, the Wakandan capital city. Um, it just sort of always blows me away when you see it. Um, and how it is at once like a technological marvel, but still feels like a, a close knit community. Um, and then how that is sort of you know violated when the um, when Namor leads the attack and it's flooded. Um, I, I just think it's it's a really great design and, and the, the ways they use it from the funeral in the beginning to um, you know the the flooding and the attack in the middle to sort of the rebuilding at the end. Um, it's it's always a, a great location for me. So I, I love it. It's one that we probably like take for granted a little bit, but. Um... I, I do really enjoy getting to spend time there. Um, it's it's a marvel of Afrofuturism, and it feels mm -hmm. lived in, at the same time. You can you can smell the you know the street food vendors, and and you can you can hear you know the kind of maglev going by. So I, I love it. Uh, Steph, rounding us out, what is your uh, favorite location design? Yeah, so for me, it was the flashback scenes of Namor's uh, origin story, seeing his mother um, going back to, you know, the Mayan civilization in the Yucatan um, was really awesome. Anything pre-Columbian that I can see in a movie, I'm going to eat it up. That you never see it. It's you got Apocalypto and you have like one other movie probably. Um, and so, you know, getting some of it in Eternals, don't we? Yeah, yeah, but it's like, yeah. what, you know, when it's it burning. So it's like, ugh, <laughs> I don't even get to see, you know, th that, that's the thing is that you always get um, that kind of like colonization and pain and just seeing something a little bit before that, uh, getting to see the pyramids, getting to see, uh, you know, them taking the herbs and stuff. All of that was, was really memorable for me. I love it. Um, okay, so for this one, we've got uh, Riri's Lab, Talcan. Uh, the Wakandan capital, and the flashbacks for Namor's origin. Um, I'm going to start. I, I'm going to pick Talcan, um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that in a, incorrectly or if I'm putting written flexion in the wrong places. I apologize if I am. Um, a little behind the scenes, I wanted this category to just be our favorite thing about Talcan. <laughs> I, I cannot, like, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, yeah. And for, uh, for Ruth Carter, uh, the production designer and for um, Ryan Coogler to have given us, you know, the Wakanda, Wakanda in its entirety in one movie and to give us this in another movie. I just, whatever he wants to make, I, I don't care. I want to mm. see what he comes up with. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, we're going to get to Namor's origin. I, I have a lot of thoughts about um, how well that flashback works and how flashbacks really don't always work. Um, but yeah. how that feels real, how it feels lived in, and how you can feel the difference because Wakanda never felt colonization and mm -hmm. uh, uh, Namor did. Uh, so I'm anyway, I, I don't want to go too far off on that one. Um, my vote is for Tal Khan. Evan, what do you got? Um, yeah, I, I really like what Steph said. I actually like the um, the flashbacks and seeing that because that's the kind of stuff that's really like like historically researched and like the, the fine details of that kind of stuff is really cool. So I would go with the um, pre pre aqua and pre Columbian. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. awesome, awesome. Uh, Ryan, what's your pick, bud? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll go with Namor's Origin 2, slightly edging out Talokan for me. Um, yeah, I think it was just, I, I mean, I, 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 do, I love the changes that they made um, from the comics to um, 
this movie in terms of the origins of Namor and, and Talo Khan versus Atlantis. Um, and yeah, I thought that was, it was depicted really well. Um, I liked the, the link in Vibranium and how that sort of, you know, links uh, both Talakon and Wakanda and then ultimately divides them. Um, I, I thought that was displayed really well. And, and you do get um, a, a really good sense of uh, Namor's um, motivations. I, uh, I, I love it. Um, Steph. Yeah. You, you, get to, you, get to, you get to round it out. What are you, what are you going to go with, bud? Uh, just just to win because I want to win. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I'm going to stick with my answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for every, you know, um, indigenous person, you know, seeing that on screen is so much. OK, I, I remember what it is. Prey, um, the, the, the new Predator movie that just came out. Oh, yeah. Um, you got some some indigenous rep there. But uh, but yeah, getting to see this. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of South American people are forgotten as indigenous. People don't count us as indigenous. And so, um, you know, of course, there are people that are <clears throat> strictly indigenous and still adhere to those you know, practices. And so, you know, for those uh, people, I think it's so important to see themselves on screen and get to see uh, something pre-colonization because there's so much pain attached to uh, those identities. And so, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love that we got to to highlight this. Um, so for for best location design, our uh, combined pick was the flashbacks of Namor's origin pre uh, pre colonial. And we are going to go ahead and take a short break. All right, and we're back. Uh, still going through all of our favorite uh, moments of Wakanda Forever. We're going to go now uh, to our most memeable moment. Uh, the one that we think is going to get the most traction uh, out here on these internet streets as Twitter dies a slow death uh, for blue check marks. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and start with Evan. Evan, what's your favorite? Oh, man. Uh, this one was tough for me because I was, you know, um, there's so many interesting things. But I I loved Riri. Any reaction I think Riri mm. had at any point during the show, which is like, um, especially like this, her reactions to any sort of like, danger or fear or stress or anything were just so much fun to me. So just like, I loved watching. She was so charismatic, so electric on screen. Um, so I don't know if I have like a specific one, but I just like, just remember, especially like when things were going wrong in the lab or when, you know, uh, when they came to her dorm room, all those kind of things were just really, really great to me. So any one of those little moments with her could have been uh, a great chance for someone to, to get their meme on. Awesome. I, I think there's enough different ones that we're going to see them pop up a couple of times. Uh, me, Master Ryan, you were up next. We have high expectations for you. What's yours? <laughs> yes, just despite my reputation, this one was actually pretty tough. Um, and I definitely want to rewatch the film so I can see some more um, moments that I thought stuck out. Um, I'll go with one at like the very end Um where Koya breaks Ross out of the van and, and she goes, so, you know, a colonizer in chains. Now I've seen everything or you know, something to that effect. Um, I, I thought that was great. And um, yeah, if, if nowhere else, it'll, it'll probably take off on black Twitter for as long as it's around. <laughs> I would, I would have to agree. Steph, you're up next. What is your, uh, what is your most memorable moment? Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna take a dark turn here, but for me the the um the scene where they were mining for vibranium and the um Talokan people, everybody comes out with the the siren song and everybody kinda you know, just falls out. 
um, overboard, that that that's probably gonna be used somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somehow. I can see that popping up as as a. Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's too too dark, but I, I think it's I think it's appropriately <laughs> goth for you, Steph. I think it's appropriate. You know. Um, uh, mine uh, is going to be uh, our introduction to Namor uh, when he says, "I go by many names, but my enemies call me." And I, I can just see that going fifteen different ways. Mm. Um, <laughs> I've already seen um, some Chase Serrano memes uh, popping up around the internet. <laughs> I feel like that one's going to go over well. Um, all right, so we've got uh, we for our collection we've got Riri's reactions to basically everything, which is which is not wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. at all. Um, Okoye's line about a colonizer in chains, uh, the uh, the scene where the sirens just basically make everyone uh, jump ship. themselves off of the ship, <laughs> uh, and uh, the Namor. I go by many names, but my enemies call me um, Evan. Evan, we got we got four four fun choices. Which one are you gonna go with for best man? These are really good. These are really tough. <laughs> um, I do. I was also kind of thinking about. I like the uh, just the one with the uh, the the soldiers or whatever the mercenaries like jumping off the ship. I thought it was really great. Just such a spooky scene. And there's you can from a meme standpoint, you can take that any million number of ways. So I think the versatility of that is pretty great. So I'm gonna go with that one. Nice, nice. Ryan, what do you got? Um, yeah, so real quick, I want to give honorable mention to um, Mbaku talking about wanting to kill the fish man. Um, I think that one can be uh, used in some interesting ways. Um, but <clears throat> for my actual vote, I, I'll i probably go with the um, Namor one. You know, my I have many names. My enemies call me. Um, I, uh, I haven't seen the Shea ones yet, so I'll definitely have to look those up. But yeah, I, I can see that one being uh, used well in a number of different ways. Nice. Uh, Steph, which one are you going to go with? Damn, I really want to go with Riri's reactions because I think those are going to definitely be a hit. Uh, (laughs) I can see myself using those all day. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Riri's reactions. Uh, And I'm going to go for my own here. Um, I I just think that the potential for all of these is is, is really good. But I do just think like... um, then you can go positive or negative, but like somebody that's that's that close, um, it really conveys the aura of menace that uh, Namor comes in just right off, right off rip with. Um, I absolutely love it. So uh, that's going to go ahead and win for us. And for the most memorable moment, uh, we collectively chose uh, Namor announcing himself to Queen Ramonda. I go by many names, but my enemies call me no more. Uh, we're now moving on to uh, best quote. Uh, one of the rules of best quote is that uh, you, if you go with the sad one, you have to cry. <laughs> rules. We didn't make it up. Uh, I'm always crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and start off with Ryan. Ryan, what was the best quote of the movie? Yeah, um, it's one I'm, I'm sure we're all familiar with because it's in the trailer. Um, and I was interested to see what context it was used in and, and how well, well it delivered. And I think it delivered really well. Um, it was the uh, Queen Ramonda one. Uh, I'm queen of the most powerful nation on earth mm-hmm. and my entire family is gone. Have I not given everything? And um, I thought that 
in the trailer, it was sort of um, seemed like it might be, you know, in a speech to the UN and that that scene that we get. But it's actually so much more powerful in her sort of rebuking um, Okoye, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly. Um, I just thought it was the delivery was fantastic. And the scene was just so emotional and, and so charged. I had so much to say about that mm-hmm. and I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it, let it wait because that, uh, I refuse to cry about that one right now, but I, but I went later. Uh, Steph, <laughs> Steph what's your best quote? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with Namor, um, saying my ancestors would often say only the most broken people can be great leaders. I am a huge fan of Harry Potter except for J.K. Rowling, she's trash. Um, and it's just, it's just, it tracks. It, it, it's the hero's journey, and um, and it just, it works for me on every level. I had forgotten that one up until now, and you may have just broken me. Um, that was, <laughs> that one meant, meant so much. Um, yeah. And the level of empathy and vulnerability he showed to Shuri in that moment um, was amazing. Yeah. Um, I have two here. Uh, his people do not call him general or king. They call him Kukulkan, the feathered serpent god. Killing him will risk eternal war. Um, that is from M'Baku. I think that quote at that time shows you. You get M'Baku, you know, in the first movie and in the second movie. You know, he he gets the funny line about the bald-headed demon to Okoye. He gets to be funny. He gets to eat a carrot in the council chambers. <laughs> Um, this is him as like honorable war leader, understanding this is not the fight that he wants. And him going from "I we will just kill this fish man" to this, um, this is the arc in the character in the movie that I think works the best for me. It is not the best performance. I think it is the arc that works the best, and that is my favorite quote uh, for for all of the reasons. Uh, Evan, round us yeah. out. Yeah, these have all been really good. Um, I'm going to try and do this one. I'm going to try not to butcher it because I don't remember the exact phrasing, but um, when Shuri and, and Ramonda were sitting, um, burning their robes kind of right before Namor arrived, um, when Shuri's talking about, um, if I think about my brother too much, it won't be these robes it'll, that I burn, it'll be the world. Um, and I hope that's close to what she said, but I thought that was really powerful and really set up kind of the journey that she goes on, um, you know, throughout the rest of the movie and, you know, dealing with her processing these feelings and thinking about, you know, the different paths you can take in your process to moving through something traumatic that happens to you. So that one really hit me hard when it first, uh, when she first said it. I think that might've been her best line in the movie. Um, We don't often get uh, rage as an acceptable emotion with loss. Mm. And she did a phenomenal job of it. Um, can I, uh, Ryan, I envy you. Okay, so for best quote in the movie, we've got uh, Queen Ramonda. I am queen of the most powerful nation on the world, and my entire family is gone. Uh, we've got uh, Namor. My ancestors would often say only the most broken people can be great leaders. Uh, I'm going to cry into a napkin now. Uh, we've got uh, Mbaku. Uh, his people do not call him general or king. They call him uh, Kukulkan, the feathered serpent god. Killing him will risk an eternal war. And uh, Shuri, if I think about my brother too much, it will not be these robes that burn. It will be war- wow. Um, this is a murderous row. Good thing Ryan has to do it first. 
Um, Ryan, what's your what's your pick in this absolutely impossible category? <laughs> right. Um, jeez, it really is impossible. I I was going to go with mine, and I still really love it, but I'm actually going to go with the Shuri one. Um, I had forgotten about that one, but it is just so powerful and so um, heart wrenching, and uh, it, it really ties well with the the later scene of her seeing Killmonger on the ancestral plane, and um, yeah, I think it's it's just. A great line that, that tops really great performance by Letitia Wright. It's a wonderful pick. Steph, what do you have for best quote? Man, um, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, I'm, I'm going to also go with Cherie's line, though. Um, I was going to go into this um, going for um, Angela Bassett's quote. Because uh, Angela Bassett killed this performance. Oh my God. But as far as the story is concerned, I think that um, Shuri's line about rage uh, and anger is so uh, pivotal to the story. And like you said before, anger is never really presented as an acceptable emotion, and particularly in women and women presenting. Um, folks it's not ever seen as something that is acceptable and so um i i definitely love that that was a main plot point in this um so yeah i'm gonna go with that i i i pride myself on being able to use words and i couldn't have said anything any better i'm going with that one too for all of the reasons that Steph just articulated um this is the this is the part of the movie with Letitia Wright's performance that works the best it tracks all the way through you understand she doesn't want to deal with it. She doesn't want to believe uh, in the spiritual aspects of uh, of her culture because she's mad that nothing could save her brother. Um, this line early in the movie sets everything else up that happens and does make it track, um, despite some of the flaws that we're going to get to. I'm also picking that one. Evan, round us out. What do you got? Um, yeah, I think I also got to pick my own as well, just because... You know, where we left, you know, the time we spent with Shuri in the first Black Panther movie was kind of, you know, funny and happy-go-lucky and brilliant and precocious and all these great things and sort of really, like, jumps straight in, uh, straight off the bat into the sequel and then have that really heavy conversation and get to see kind of the insides of a character that, you know, you might have perceived a completely different way. And then once you present them with, you know, obviously this horrible loss that she's facing, um, just really getting down to the roots of how people feel and kind of surprised me and caught me off guard a little bit. And, uh, and that's just why it stuck with me. And then obviously the rest of the movie took us on her journey. You know, that's interesting. As a filmmaker, how, I mean, there are lots of choices made in this movie, Evan, but like for this one, for presenting this early on with her, I mean, how did you, what was your opinion of that, right? As someone that this is, this is your profession. Um, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's really important. I like scenes like that. I'm a big fan of like um, just the way things are paced and the time you take with characters and things. And I think that's how you kind of set certain things up for certain scenes and certain sequences up for success. It's when you really um, just sit with these characters and their emotion. And there's a very real conversation that they're having. And it's a way that, you know, it starts off with a bang. You're right in there. There's a lab. Things are frantic. It's chaotic. And then you were presented with the fact that T'Challa has passed. And then you have to kind of go on that whole ride with them. And I thought they handled that really well to give them their time to, like, connect with each other as family members. And then to set up that the kind of headbutting 
thing that they have in that world where Ramon is trying to get her to take one path through her grief and Shuri very clearly has a completely different um, opinion on it. And uh, I just thought they really just let those two incredibly talented actors be with each other and bounce things off each other. And it just felt really good and real and, uh, and well done. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for, for gifting us with that. Um, so our combined pick for best quote of the movie is, and, and thank you, special shout out to producer Anna for, for getting this right and pulling it for us. Uh, from Shuri, if I sit and think of my brother for too long, then it won't just be these clothes that will burn. It will be the world and everyone in it. Love that one. And that's yep. important. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, our next category is bully highlight reel. Um, there's only one villain in this movie. Respect to Jonathan Majors. I think we may only need one villain for the rest of time in Marvel. Um, <laughs> this is a, a the MCU uh, has had successes and failures. Um, you know, there are, no one really remembers Cassilius, uh, the, the propensive, propensive main villain of, uh, of Doctor Strange, because that shit just didn't work. Um, we all remember Thanos. We all remember Killmonger. This is another one right up, right up there. Again, give Ryan Coogler whatever property he wants and let me make um, let, him, let him just pick the villain, pick a bad guy from now on. I don't care who it is. Make it. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, so this is going to be uh, our favorite moment from our favorite uh, villain, Steph, what is your favorite uh, Namor moment? There's so many. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I, I, I really love the moment when, um, and I'm not always a fan of flashback scenes, but I'm sorry. I want to live there. I want to, <laughs> I want to be there. Um, so when he, um, I think it, like what really resonated with me is when his mother passed away and she wanted to be buried uh, in the land of her people. And, you know, he brought her up to the surface and he sees what is happening with the the invasion of the Spanish and how they've absolutely destroyed their people. And you get the origin of his name, um, you know, Namor, um, you know, somebody who has no love and, um, of course he has no love for, for the people that have taken over, you know? And so it's just, that was really, really impactful for me. Um, and, and that was probably my favorite moment. That's awesome. Uh, that would have been my pick in this case. I'm going to pick something different because I figured, I remember I saw kind of, you were going before me. I figured you'd probably pick it too. <laughs> um, that is my, I, I, flashbacks do not work in movies uh, very often. Mm. Um, it's often a device just like voiceover that like, oh, if your movie didn't land, we got to make sure we, we do it. Um, I think that one is, is beautiful. Um, I'm going to go with kind of the chilling moment uh, of after he uh, kills Queen Ramonda. Where he tells Shuri, you know, tend to your dead. You are queen now. Um, this is your decision. Um, as for all of the tenderness that he showed her, um, for all of the the little spark that they had, um, mm-hmm. you know, in there uh, w- with everything, um, he was like, "Listen, you know, you you could have used any. I've removed all the obstacles. You're the only person with the knowledge." Nah, this is you now. So that was my favorite. And, and unlike, unlike I think like a lot of the things that Marvel does, they didn't just have him 
kill someone randomly to show you he's a bad guy. He didn't just, you know, the Killmonger scene where he just chokes the the the, the priestess for, for kind of no reason. You get what he was doing here. There was none of the, like, well, we got to make him bad. Otherwise, people might like the villain. This was legitimate. You could see where he was going with that one. Um, my pick. Evan, what is your favorite uh, No More Moment? Yeah, I um, I got to go with... Um... With the just the introduction between him and Ramonda was crazy to me. I was his performance in that moment was just one of my favorite Marvel moments. Uh, full stop. It just he was intense. He was menacing, but he was also it was curious. He was like I was like pulled in and scared at the same time. I was all over the place, and just the way he presented that was something completely like, um, you know, un. I was not expecting that at all for him when they uh, first had that moment. That really did a great job of like outlining this character that he's not just a big bad spooky villain who's gonna you know come and threaten everyone. He also has an appreciation for Wakanda, the place, the water, the air, the importance of how their their country's been preserved and been you know not never having never had to leave. Um, all those elements of like you got a real rounded uh, impression of this guy in a very short period of time, all while being you know on the edge of your seat. And you know, nervous and excited and scared and curious about the what about what he was going to present to them. So that was awesome. I I loved it. It reminded me of the Joker's um, introduction mm-hmm. in Dark Knight, in that he is completely in control. He's come into your house, and he has every button that he knows when to push. What was the line? Uh, I have more soldiers than you have blades of grass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit is hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, that is a wonderful one, Ryan. Ryan, what is your favorite uh, Namor moment? Yeah, um, there's a couple I'm torn on. I I'll go with um, the <clears throat> the second meeting with uh, Namor and uh, Ramada. They're on the beach. Um, I'm sorry, I forget uh, which beach they're on, but um, he's still. At this moment, he's still in control, but he's sort of he's done with diplomacy and is basically just threatening her. Like, you know, you're 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 going to help us or I'm going to burn Wakanda to the ground. Effectively, is what he says. And just the the menacing tone that he has and just like the the physical acting between both of them um, as they're so close, I think is just phenomenal and just really sets the tone of, you know, okay, this is this is a different shade of of no more. And. This is someone who, you know, you don't want to fuck with. I love it. All right. So for, for our bully highlight reel, uh, we've got the flashback uh, scene where uh, Namor's mother passes and he comes back up to the surface world. Um, we've got uh, the moment where he kills Queen Ramonda. We've got his introduction to Ramonda. And we've got his second meeting with Ramonda. So basically just give these two all the screen time. Um, <laughs> Steph, you're going first. Yeah. I'm I'm going with your pick, um, to be honest. Yeah, that that bury your dead. You're the queen now. Ooh, that hit like right to the heart. It's like you have you have nothing to hide behind. That was the coldest moment for me, for sure. Uh, that's, that's awesome to hear um, because I'm going with yours uh, again. Flashbacks don't often work um, and everything about the the anger you see in the in the youth version of Namor, and kind of the pride you see in 
in his, his present form, in the adult version, as he's mm. telling the story, balancing those, right? He's remembering fondly how furious he was. And you get to see mm. a similar version of the, the fury that Shuri's carrying. Um, those two's chemistry is electric. Uh, I don't think everything needs to be uh, romantic in every single movie. Sometimes it's reductive. Um, yep. But I want to see these two go at it. Like, I really want to listen. Can you put one of them little, uh, little breathing masks on me? And we can stay here in this, this tide pool. We get some, some tide pool. Um, oh, my God. So that's mine. I, I just think that scene works so well to communicate so many different things that you will, that you see that matches up with Shuri that predicts where he's going to go. Um, I, I, I love it. Um, Evan, what's your pick here, bud? Yeah. I, uh, I also like Steph's um, that scene was also one of my favorites of the movie. Just in general, in general, I'm scared of teenagers and preteens just as mm. a rule. Um, so just like, one that can fly and will set your house on fire is um extra terrifying to me. But and you know, it was just such a cool little moment. Like I'm always been fascinated with that era of history, and so to see that um that play out with Tim recognize this horrible thing that's happened to his land and then take care of it, um, right? Really, yeah. really <laughs> menacing and and just set him Arctic. up. To, you know, the uh, the badass that he is. Uh, it was perfect. Ryan, Ryan, what are you going to go with for our, uh, our our best Namor moment? Yeah, so um, Seth is going to win, uh, and so I will go with um, the the first uh, Namor meeting with Ramada and Shuri. Um, Namor's official introduction, I guess, because you'd see him a little bit in the uh, like attack on the ocean rig. But yeah, just um, as you guys said, how just how calm and. Um, collected he is and, and how they're they're sort of shocked that he was able to evade Wakanda's defenses and he just sort of hand waves that and he's like, you know, this is you know, this is what's going on. You need to help us because this is your fault and um, how how forceful but also how subtle he was and I, I think he really he really did want, you know, diplomacy and, and for an allyship at that point. And so um, I thought him balancing that while also clearly showing how powerful and how adept he is um, was, I thought, a, a really, really great scene. I love it. I, I love getting a chance to talk about all these different moments. Um, this is this is the triumph of this movie, I think, um, is, is the strength and the conviction of Namor. Uh, and for Bully Highlight Reel, what we picked today uh, was the uh, flashback scene uh, when Namor's mother passes and he comes back up to the surface world to burn that shit to the ground. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll be back after this and welcome back Uh, we are here uh, continuing to talk about uh, the wonders and uh, maybe some of the the flaws in Black Panther Wakanda forever we are moving on to the valedictorian uh, our uh, the best performance in the movie I'm going to go ahead and lead us off here my pick is Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda. Um, she does not have the most screen time. Uh, she uh, she passes in this movie. Um, we just fin- I finished talking about the fact that um, uh, three of our favorite scenes from uh, Namor are with her or feature her. 
Um, she is the nucleus about which this movie gets to rotate. In the first movie that was Chadwick Boseman, he was the main character, and he was also um, the fulcrum. Steph, we've talked about this before. It's so hard to be um, kind of the calm and then let everyone else be silly or menacing or everything else. Um, they let her do that, and she was phenomenal. Um, I can't say enough about her. Um, she is an Academy Award nominee. I would love to see her get another nomination for this movie. That's going to be my pick. Evan, what do you got? Uh, I got to go with my boy no more and uh, Tenoch Huerta. Um, just this is a character that's been around for so long, um, and to finally get him on screen and to see it like to bring something to this character that's kind of different than you remember from the comics and some of the animated stuff. Um, he put such a unique spin on it. He gave it such heart, such character. I was kind of immediately siding with him, probably more than I should have been for a lot of the movie, um, just because he did such a good job of emoting that he's not a true villain, but he is not a person that will uh, that will let anything happen to his people and will not let anything stand that he thinks is not going to that is going to put them in danger or keep them from uh, maintaining the, uh, the life that they're trying to build for themselves. And yeah, just what he did with that character, um, the fact that it was, you know, different than the comic origin, different from some of the animated origin um, and just gave it such life and such character and made it feel real and tied into the real world was was my favorite part of the movie. And he was uh, he was my he's my vote. Just again, like wonderful description of of a character that um, I was hoping would be this good, and I was uh, my expectations were beaten. Um, Ryan, what do you got? Yeah, um, I I think there are a few clear choices here, and so I'm going to go with uh, Letitia Wright as Shuri. Um, I think she is the the character who's hit hardest by Chadwick's death or T'Challa's death um, and, and clearly shows it um, and is able to to eventually reckon with it but it, it really drives her through a lot of the movie um, and you you, you can see where she's coming from. Um, you can see why she does the thing that she does and why she thinks sees the things that she sees, i.e. Killmonger in the ancestral plane. And um, she really grows into, you know, Black Panther in, in her own right uh, by the end of the movie. Um, and I think her performance and her choice is really set up for an interesting um, path forward for her character um, and for Wakanda in general. So, yeah, I thought um, she was phenomenal and uh, that would be my choice. Steph, what do you got? All right. Y'all picked really great choices, obviously. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Lupita Nyong'o here. Um, You know, Nakia was brought in, I, I would say, begrudgingly into the story. Um, and, and she is that quiet character. She holds on to her pain very tightly to the chest and um, allows everybody else to grieve. And I think that's a really hard um, uh, position to be in um, when when you have so much pain that you're holding in. And, and I think that conversation that she has with Akoya, you know, when she talks about um, T'Challa and, and, you know, what he was for everybody else, but, you know, for her he was everything and that post-credit scene at the end also you know um 
That killed me. Killed me. So 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 I really liked um it was a very understated performance, but um, you know, I really enjoyed it. Uh we've made this category infinitely harder, and I appreciate it, Steph. <laughs> um, so for our Valedictorian, we've got uh Queen Ramonda, uh Namor, Shuri, and Nakia. Uh we've talked about it a bunch of times. Um I'm gonna go with Namor. I there's so many ways this could have gone. Um, there's so many people that I wouldn't have trusted to try and bring this character to life. Um, but I trusted Ryan Coogler and, uh, uh, Huerta is, is amazing in this. Um, he's electric, he's captivating, um, and he's sensitive all at the same time while he's basically telling you, like, you're going to do what I'm asking you to do, or I'm going to come back and I'm going to burn everything to the ground. I don't want to, I have the capability to. Um, that's incredibly hard to do. That's my pick. Evan, what do you got? Um, I'm going to go with, with, with Queen Romanda. Um, Angela Bassett is just incredible. Anytime she's on screen, you just can't take your eyes off her. You can't, you, she's got my full attention. Anytime she's saying literally anything. Um, and she was so powerful and just her is that figure that's kind of guiding them through this loss. You just kind of like, you feel like, feel like I, as a, as an audience member have to listen to what she's saying and have to pay attention to her because she's the one you know, guiding us all through this loss of, of T'Challa and Chadwick and, and trying to keep everybody, uh, keep everybody together. Well, we, uh, we switched those again. So good job on us. Uh, Ryan, who's your pick, bud? <laughs> yeah, this is tough. And for me, this was the hardest category that we had. Um, I will go with Queen Ramonda as well. Um, I, I thought it was just such, um, a fantastic performance by Angela Bassett. Um, just, having to take the, the mantle of queen and, and pick up the pieces um, for both herself and her family and for the nation of Wakanda and to try and, and lead them um, against the obvious threat of the outside world and then um, the uh, less immediately obvious threat of um, Tala Khan and all the while trying to you know, maintain the relationship with her daughter, who is clearly hurting um, from the passing of her son. Um, I, I thought she did all of that incredibly well. Um, and yeah, I just I, I can't say enough good things about um, that performance. Love it. Uh, Steph. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Queen Ramonda. Um, you know, her performance was incredible. Every line delivery, every, you know, touchstone that she had with everybody in uh, that movie was incredible. You couldn't you couldn't really, you know, take your eyes off of her. I mean, she she was um, a big part of this movie. And when she died, I was completely floored. I didn't think that that was going to happen. I honestly was shocked. Um, and and to have that kind of like ripped out from under you, that one anchor point in that movie of uh, strength. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that that's definitely going to be my pick. Uh, I completely agree. Um, her scene where she strips Okoye of her mm. title, it's not her fault, but you've seen her kind of live with grace and, and kind of deal with everything for so long and she finally breaks and it's probably not fair and even some of the counselors kind of call her out and Okoye I think realizes it too but it, it's the like hurt people hurt people I had a friend of mine say that to me um shout out Victoria um 
she's someone who I talked about this movie with. Um, I I can't get enough of it. I also think it's one of the flaws of the movie because once she's gone, there is no center anymore. And the movie's kind of adrift mm. and you kind of don't know which way Shuri's going to go, but not in a good way and kind of a bad way. Um, I understand why they did it. I, 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 I you know, I, I get it. Like you have stakes. Um, stakes don't always mean death, but it definitely is. Um, it definitely works for her. It just, you feel her loss in the, in a movie that's already dealing with the loss of, of Chadwick Boseman. And it's really hard to kind of recenter itself uh, from there. But I do not, do not disagree at all. This is, uh, this is it. And our pick uh, for Valedictorian is Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda. We've got a new super fun category on here. Um, <laughs> we called it Debate Me Coward. And it is uh, the, there are a lot of sociological and sociopolitical ideas in this movie. Um, we wanted to talk about some of the ones that either land well or that we think were important to bring up. Um, Evan, you're going to lead us off here, bud. Which one of the, uh, the, the kind of the big picture media ideas that this film brought to the forefront did you th- was your favorite? Would you think landed the best? Um, yeah, I don't know if this is if it's too general or too big of a of a concept, but just the idea that these places like like Tolokan and Wakanda will kind of protect themselves from the outside world have watched the rest of the planet kind of be ravaged and destroyed by greed and by colonization and all those things. And just the importance of like, we have to keep this place safe. You cannot expose it to people. Any opportunity they get to come take from us, to steal from us, to take what we have and disregard our lives and well-being, uh, they will take it and they will do it. And we see it happen with the French mercenaries. Um, so that just that entire thing will always kind of hit with me. Just like, you got to be careful about who you let in to, uh, to your space and be very mindful that history uh, has shown us time and time again that if there is something that can be taken um, and there's people with the means to take it, it'll probably happen sooner or later. So that really hit me. I, uh, I like it. That was a, uh, I kind of sum that up as protection from the outside world slash colonization. Um, and, and I, uh, I can't disagree. I, I think one of the main differences between Wakanda and Telecon is, is one of them never felt that. And one of them did, they know they have to defend it. Um, I love it. Ryan, what do you got? Um, yeah, geez, this one was hard. Um, I, I guess I will go with um, just how um, so many like near um, near misses or like near um, wins in, in diplomacy could avoid huge conflicts. Like there, there are a lot of different off ramps that Wakanda and, and Talakan could have taken before they ended up, you know, going to war. Um, you know, and then especially like, you know, when, um, Nakia is trying to rescue Shuri and, and, and she kills, um, the, the, the Talakan and a woman mm-hmm. in there and, and how it's, you know, Oh, you know, we could try to save her, but, um, we're not going to. And, you know, this was a sonic round that the fact that she was so close that she's going to die. Um, you know, if, if they, if she used some other kind of weapon, um, if they hadn't tried to rescue Shuri and, and tried to negotiate more with the more, um, if Namor had, you know, 
held back and 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 not immediately attacked after that. Like there's there's so many different uh you know ways that the conflict could have been avoided and and i think you you could see that in real life too and um it's it's nice that it didn't ultimately lead to their destruction but there were a lot of people that died in in a conflict that really could have been avoided if if um people had, had tried diplomacy a little a little harder i like it so you're saying sure you should have just burned the world with him that was <laughs> yeah, 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 or that—that that was definitely an option too. <laughs> I think I think maybe we'll get to that one. Um, Steph, what was what was your favorite? Yeah, this this was a hard one. There's I have a lot of ideas floating around in my head, to be honest. Um, so I'm gonna try to make this make sense. <laughs> um, I would say um, generational trauma um, is a thing here. Um, especially with Namor, um, and, and, and just that, that trauma of colonization, um, that, and, and it's juxtaposed obviously to the trauma that Cherie has, cause her trauma is much more personal. Uh, it's not a, a shared experience that she's having with, with her nation per se, but, um, it's definitely, um, you know, just generational trauma that is going, um, that has been passed down um, because obviously um, Queen Ramonda has the trauma of having lost, you know, her husband, her son, and, and how she has to um, walk through the world um, and inhabit the strength um, for her people. And, and, and that makes her not able to express her, the emotions that maybe she wants to. And you see that presented in Shuri as well, who can't, really let go of this pain um, and process this trauma that she's going through. And, and with Namor, you know, he's holding on to, to the, the trauma that he's, um, you know, experienced. I mean, he's 500 years old and he's still, you know, obviously attached to, um, to this trauma deeply and, and, and wants to do everything he can to protect his people from that. Um, and, and he's doing the best that he can, but um, you know, it, 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 it opens him up to, doing some things that are that are not really great but um but yeah that's 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 what i would go with um you know share trauma i like that one a lot um we've talked about this with a number of different things um Seth and i have uh but i really like how you framed it here um something that i've talked about more than once on this podcast already is the fact that telecon has felt that and wakanda has never, has never yeah. felt that um so maybe there's a bit of a naivety on their part. Um, mine was the cost of white allyship. Um, and I know mm. this is a thing mm. that I've read about. Um, not everyone liked the Everett Ross stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't. I thought having that relationship wouldn't have just gone nowhere. Um, you know, he was, he, he obviously, he admits it himself. He owes his life to the Wakandans. They did not have to save him, and they did. Um, and, you know, his ex-wife being the director of the whatever intelligence agency they, they called that I can't remember if it was the NSA or the CIA. Um, but him trying to funnel information to them, being willing to risk his own career, being able to with, risk his own freedom um, to help the people who he knows are in the right, um, or at least he suspects they're in the right and are more in the right, um, than, than their country, and he's he's proven right um, because Contessa D whatever the heck her name is 
was basically like, give me all the Wakanda, give me all the vibranium, and uh, we're gonna do very bad things with the vibranium. <laughs> uh, so I, I thought that like it just illustrated like, yeah, you can you can say a lot of nice things, but if you are truly an ally, there is a uh, are you willing to pay a cost? Are you willing to make yourself uncomfortable to go out and be on the right side? And I think that applies to a lot of different uh, minority and oppressed groups. Uh, this one, this is, this is kind of deep. Um, we've got uh, protection from the outside world as a theme. We've got the near misses in diplomacy that could have uh, happened before war, which is the entire theme of House of the Dragon too, which is awesome. <laughs> um, generational and colonial trauma with Namor, how long that stays with you, and the cost of white allyship. Evan, a resident filmmaker, which of these... Uh, which of these do you think resonated the most with you or was executed the best? Man, I think these, this is, I think, been the best collection of answers we've had so far. All of these have been uh, really good. This is the toughest one I've had to pick through. Um, I think I got to go with Ryan's, though, man. I really, I felt that a lot during this is like how thin that line is yeah. uh, between peace and war and what decisions, you know, can get made that set things off. Like, from the Wakanda perspective, like, yeah, like, sending the kid in, like, go and get the princess, and I think the queen said by any means necessary, right? So she's doing her job, doing what she needs to do, and unfortunately, that results in that chain reaction that eventually comes full circle and, and ends in Queen Ramonda's death, and so that was something that you you felt the whole time of that if any of these missteps is because these people, because no one's a true villain, it felt like in this, that people are just kind of protecting their people, that that line becomes very thin and very easy to uh, that becomes difficult to navigate and, you know, becomes very tense to the whole thing. So that was my vote. I like it. Brian, which one did you come down on? Uh, that's funny because I'm actually going to go with Evans. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> uh, countries that have resources are always going to be targets, uh, especially if they are primarily non-white countries. Um, the the world owes Wakanda debt it can never repay. Um, it was Wakanda that bore the brunt of Thanos' attack in Infinity War. Um, it was the, the Wakandan army that was the main force uh, in the victorious battle in Endgame. Um, you know, shout out to the Wizards and the Asgardians. Um, but yeah, they you know they did all of that, and then they 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 did the outreach centers, and it's still as soon as they had the moment, um, you know, the rest of the countries were were willing to turn on Wakanda and try to exploit them as much as they could. Um, and then obviously we've talked about you know Namor and it and his origins and and how they've already felt um, that pain. And so um, I, I just thought that that was really like the the thing that really stood out to me when I when I saw the film. You just framed that better than the filmmaker. Good job. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. I, 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 uh, you're, you're right. Like the entire, uh, the entire world basically wouldn't be here if Wakanda hadn't more than once over the course of five years shown up when, when called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, they were, they were ready to take everything. Uh, that's, that's phenomenal. Steph, what do you got? <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I'm 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 gonna have to agree here. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Evan's pick. Um, you know, I I think at one point Namor says that, you know, there isn't a nation that wouldn't have plundered Wakanda when given the chance, and you know, I I think that that is um, something that that holds true. You know, I think it resonates very much so with all of us. You know, in the real world, like we've all experienced kind of the the imperialism of uh of the world and even if we haven't experienced it firsthand um you know just with within our um within our families and everything um have probably experienced that you know my family had to uh move to this country in order to escape um so many different wars because of environmental and like resources that that other countries wanted you know and 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 so i think that um that definitely resonates um very much so in the real world um, today, and, and for them to put that into this movie and be able to incorporate it in a way that um, that works, I think was was like you said so many times. Ryan Coogler, do whatever you want, like literally do whatever you want, because you're killing it here. <laughs> Ryan Coogler could make a movie about Mary had a little lamb, and I'd watch it. <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star by Ryan Coogler. This is let's get it. I'm also going to go with that one. I, st- I mean, Steph, you put that beautifully. Like, there are so many people that that um, that have felt this, you know, firsthand, secondhand, like literally the entire legacy of the transatlantic slave trade and everything else that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but being cognizant of that, being protective of that, it's it's also an extension of the, the theme of the first movie, which was, you know, Wakanda's isolationist. Should they be more interventionist? Uh, and Again, here we go. You know, they've allowed the entire world to know that they have something that everybody else wants. Uh, and what's been the reaction to that? Um, and how how greedy people immediately get. Um, this is this is I think is the one that I think there there are a lot of them that that are suggested, um, but this one is is right there and. You know, Namor is able to communicate it without having to like jump up and down and and, and you know have the flashing you know, lights of like man this is exactly the thing. He's just like listen like they they would have taken this if they would have known. I I love it. Um, and so our collective pick uh, for debate me coward the uh, social political theme that we thought uh, resonated the best was the protection from the outside world and protection from colonization. This next one's probably probably gonna get contentious a little bit. Um, maybe not between us, but I, I think this is the one that might cause the most uh, debate, maybe among our listeners. Uh, this category is after school detention. Um, this movie's not perfect. Uh, Black Panther is a, I think, is a perfect movie. I still think it's the best MCU movie uh, ever made. I think it's the best one to date. Um, this movie's not, and I think we want to kind of get wrap our fingers around, around why um ryan i want you to do this off bud yeah so um i did the full disclosure um as we just talked about black panther um I, I did really love this movie i thought it was really good um and i for me it, it, it's hard to compare the two just because they're such different movies um that being said, I, I do have Black Panther second um, in MCU, and, and early on I have this fourth. But um, leaving that aside, the part that I thought didn't work well or 
at least I thought could have been done better was I, I really wish we'd gotten more of Talokan. Um, I, I thought Namor was incredible. Um, I thought he was really well fleshed out and really well developed. Um, but I can't say the same for, as we talked about earlier, uh, Atuma and uh, Namora um, in particular. Um, she's a really important character. And in the comics, like her relationship with Namor is really important. And I felt like we just didn't get a lot of, you know, scenes from the lives of the people in Talakan and, you know, what, what, what's life really like down there? You know, what, are, what are their motivations? What do they want? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, besides their fighting prowess, like w- what is it that they're after? Like, you know, why are they, um, why are they still sort of down there or, you know, why, so what are what are they looking for besides just to protect mm-hmm. Talakon? Like what are their what are their goals? What are their motivations? What are just like their their daily lives? I I, I thought that um, we could have gotten some more of that. I thought there were some other um, parts of the movie that maybe could have been turned down, and we could have gotten some more insight to Talakon and, and how that works. And so that that was um, my choice for this uh, category. I like it. I I, uh, I would have to agree. Uh, I wanted. I want to see more. I want to hear more. I want to understand the characters. That was one of the the great, um, you know, victories of Black Panther is that you got so many different people. You four different women with totally different views that got to talk to each other about different things that were important to them. Um, I wanted that for Telecon as well. Steph, uh, what's your pick here? Yeah. So for me, I. When I agree with Ryan, um, I wanted more of Telecon for sure. Also, one thing I want to complain about, this, this is not my choice, but why was this so dark? I understand we're underwater, okay? The theater that I watched it in, maybe, I don't know, but it was too no, dark. No, that's, that's a great point. It was too dark for me. I was like, excuse me, I want to see all the faces. I want to <laughs> see everything. I want to see all the details, but that's not my choice. My choice is the pacing. The pacing for me was a miss um, there. And it's it's hard because it, it, it's it's a long movie. OK, and, and, and you feel it and and you want the story to move at a quicker pace and you get kind of jolted moving from place to place to place. And it doesn't always make sense to me. Like you go from, you know, being in Wakanda in the funeral scene to the vibranium, you know, mining scene, which mind you was a great scene. I really love that scene. Um, but it just kind of moves at a very clipped pace and it doesn't always, there's not a thread that's going through the entire movie. And I just feel like, especially the part with like Wakanda and, um, and and uh, Talokan, you know, them kind of going against each other, them being antagonists. I thought that that was going to be way shorter and that we were going to get to like a, a another big bad, like go against America or whatever it might have been. And I just didn't get that. And I was like, damn, I really wanted that. And I, I know they're probably setting up for something later, but I just think the pacing could have done could have could have been a little bit better. No, I'm I'm here with you. I'm here with you on that. Um it 
my main complaint with this is it felt overstuffed with too many too many different things I had to do, yep. and so you get that. Um, the pacing's a problem. My like, you know, kind of like side one. I think the editing in this movie wasn't as wasn't as good. I had trouble kind of tracking Shuri's arc, especially after Ramona mm-hmm. died. And I think the editing didn't do her any favors. Um, my main problem, I don't think Riri Williams works in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I adore the actress. I love the character. I love the ar- both sets of armor. It, it's trying to shoehorn her into this movie is part of the pacing problems, part of the editing problems. She's a she's a human MacGuffin, kind of like um, America Chavez. Mm-hmm. Um, I her humor works, but this is a movie that didn't need any extra humor, so to speak. She's kind of in the the Peter Parker, you know, let's be silly, <laughs> do the silly young sidekick role. Um, but she's not that much younger than Shuri. It doesn't. You don't really know why Shuri bonds with her. Um, I mean, you, you can kind of you can kind of understand it. You can infer it, but it doesn't do a good job. It doesn't have it doesn't spend enough time on that relationship. Um, I just think trying to give her the soft kind of the soft uh, introduction, which is the same thing that the Black Panther got in Civil War. Trying to do that in this movie that already had so many things going on that already had to deal with with Chadwick's passing, with grief, um, with these kind of heavy ideas. I do not think this worked as well as they would have wanted. Um, I think they should have they should have put her somewhere else. Um, they could have introduced her in a, another uh, series, or they could have done what they did with Miss Marvel, which is phenomenal, which is just give her her own series. We don't need yeah. to soft launch her in a movie that already has so much going on. Um, so that's going to be, be my, I, I think, um, as much as I, I love seeing her, as much as I, I like the armor, um, I, I think Riri Williams is a is the main problem in why this movie doesn't totally land for me. I think it's indicative of the pacing and editing issues. Uh, and Evan, Evan, what's yeah. your pick? These are all really, really great points. Um, I think you guys all touched on really um, kind of. I think we're kind of all in the in the similar field. It is it is at times tough to track the arcs. At times, it's tough to like uh, deal with you know kind of pacing and all that and the feel of things and where we're supposed to be with these characters at certain times. But um, and I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but for me, it was like, oh, like Everett Ross. Um, oh God, I can never, uh, Contessa DeFontaine. I always forget her name. Um, Val. Val, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think it was that whole kind of segment, which is like a lot of kind of MCU properties are, it's often uh, also kind of what happened with Rudy Williams is like they have to put in this character or this little story beat to help set up the next property so that we can kind of tie it into the Thunderbolts or, you know, Armor Wars or whatever ends up, you know, happening next or Secret Wars. So it's that kind of thing. Like that whole thing was like, and I love like Martin Freeman's character. I love watching him on screen. I think he's great. I like that they have that relationship with the Wakandans. Um, that part didn't bother me. Just the way that whole thing presented is it, like, I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing that thing right, right now where we have to like introduce a character in a little bit this is that's gonna tie into the next property and you know set things up which is good and important and one of the things we all love about the mcu but for this one it didn't feel the same way uh didn't feel completely fleshed out or narrative it, it either needed to be more of it or less of it or something but it just wasn't the right mix at the right time uh for me i i got i gotta agree with that I, I think um it for me it works because it is in line with 
I mean, the ideas that we just talked about, right, the protection from the outside world, the protection from colonization, I think it highlights that. But it also, it does it, it's the one thing in the movie that's almost ham-fisted. Um, with a little bit more time, they could have delivered it in a way that I think would have would have worked. Um, so, so we've got we've got four four answers here um, for what we thought could have improved the movie and, and really put it over the top. Into uh, again, I I think it's very good. I just think it's yeah, it's kind of uneven. But we've got four choices here: more of Telecon, um, the pacing in, in in general, which I think is is a wonderful way to highlight a lot of the things that we all talked about. Uh, Ruby Williams and the Everett Ross and Val plotline. Ryan, going back to you, bud. What's your pick here for uh, for thing we want to improve the most? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, before I give my pick, I, I will say that hearing all the arguments, I think these are all sort of related. Like, I, I think um, the the pacing ties into like the MCU ness of it, and then how they felt they needed to, you know, have Val in there and, and introduce Riwi, and the fact that that could have been used. Um, uh, you know, for more time to Talacon and uh, to sort of build on the the story that the movie has without, you know, making it as much of a, a Marvel movie per se. I, I think it works well in some of the other movies, you know, like Civil War, the Avengers movies um, doesn't work as well uh, in, in a story like this one. Um, having said all that, I... <sighs> I'll stick with mine just because I, I thought I, I, I do think you guys all make really good arguments. Um, I just thought that for me, um, the thing that could have made this better the most, in my opinion, is if they had just given us some more uh, um, scenes in Talacan and, and more insight into how they, the people live and, and what their motivations are. Yeah, this is uh, I think we're going to I think uh, kind of talk about this in different ways. The movie's two hours and 41 minutes long. If it's three hours long with those 19 extra minutes or in telecom, I think we were, you know, we probably have a better feel for our primary antagonists and what they're, again, what the weight of colonization felt like to them, what kind of a ruler Namor is, what he's like with his counselors. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like where you're at with that one. Steph, what are you picking from our four, our four choices? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm going to stick, um, to, to Ryan's choice. I think it would have solved a lot of issues because yeah, you're always going to have that empty unit. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's always harder to see cause I watched these during the pandemic. So I was watching this back to back to back and that made it so much easier. But now that I'm watching it in real time, you really feel that that MCU-ness. And so I do think that if you had a little bit more time with some of these characters like Namora, um, you know, uh, these people um, in Talokan, it, it definitely would have been a little bit easier uh, to kind of digest the MCU-ness of it. Um, I I feel like especially at the end, they just like put that little bit of like, you know, like of, of Nomura talking to, to Nomura and being like, why did you do, you know, why did you do this kind of thing? And you could tell that, you know, there, there's going to be some some friction between those characters. Um, but I would have loved to see more of her to hear what kind of, you know, her viewpoints on things were, um, you know, even maybe having her talking with Cherie or anything like that in some of the spaces that um, that, that you had there. I think we're, we're missed opportunities. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to go with that. I, I would have liked to see more of that. I like it. I, I like kind of the way you've, you've kind of framed how we solve the problem. Um, I'm, 
I'm going to go with yours. I think the pacing is the problem because I think you can you can have a movie that introduces multiple characters. I think you can have a movie that has MCU bullshit. I think you can have a movie that um that that lasts two hours and forty one minutes. Mm. But I, you know, we've got like we got the like, three different fights on different boats. Um, <laughs> it, it was a little, it was a little stuffed with things, yeah. and I, I do feel like if they, if they kind of speed through certain things and slow down with other things, I'm, I'm, I'm calling that as the biggest problem. I don't know why. Because I, I I love Coogler. I love what he does. None of his other movies have this problem. Um, Fruitvale Station is immaculately paced, going up to you know a tragic event. Um, and Creed is is miraculous. Creed is is an absolute triumph of you know here's here's a journey of a new person into a world that we're familiar with. I don't think Black Panther has any issues with pacing. It's you know the the act three fight is a little goofy, um, the CGI isn't the greatest, but the the pacing is not an issue, and that's the thing that I think here um, makes it not work. Evan, what's your pick here, bud? Yeah, these are all really good. Um, I really like Ryan's answer, but I think I'm also gonna go with the the Riri real the Riri Williams art because it kind of like there was something about it that was like bugging me, and then I think you summed it up. Um, really well. I was like, I'm enjoying her character. I'm enjoying seeing her on screen. I think she's funny. I think she's charismatic. I think uh, she's interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing more of her in the future. But it's just something about it felt like there's just not, this is just, it wasn't syncing up the way um, that I felt. It, she didn't always feel completely tied into what was happening. Once she, once we met her and got her and got her to Wakanda, and it was kind of just like, okay, like, you know, this isn't, it's not, it just wasn't hitting the way that, uh, that I want. It kind of felt like one of those MCU things of like they're just trying to get there to set her up for her own show and get time with her. And once again, I think she did a great uh, job with the performance, but it just wasn't connecting with me the whole time. Like the human MacGuffin is a good way to kind of sum it up for a bit too. For sure. Um, I, I, I think there's, and again, I, I don't want to, but like Ryan, I think we all really liked this movie. Um, I could not put my finger on why I didn't love it. And um, I think this is this is kind of of part of it, but I do like what we landed on. So for our pick for after school detention, the thing that we think would have improved this movie, we just want more of Talcott, man. Give us more of it. Come on, let's do it. Um, I like it. Um, finally, for our last category, great expectations. We are picking what we think what we're looking forward to in the MCU going forward. This is the end of Phase Four. Um, generously, Phase 4 was a little rocky, I think. Um, I really enjoyed Shang-Chi. I thought there were just stand-up and cheer moments in No Way Home. And then there was some other stuff. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a wonderful way to go out. This is a phenomenal... This is a very, very, very good movie. Um, and another phenomenon. I think we're going to be able to talk about this for a long time. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting test case in why certain things land and don't land um, with these movies, because you're not going to find a better director um, than Ryan Coogler. You're probably not going to find a better villain portrayal than Namor. Um, what are we looking at here? Steph, what are you most looking forward to as we continue on our journey through the MCU? Oh, man. 
Oh, that's hard. Um, yeah, like you said, this 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 phase has been a little rocky. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I I do agree that you're not gonna find a better a better um villain than Namor right now. He's there's a lot that goes into this character. There's so many layers here. Um, him and Kang, I mean, obviously are, are, are top tier and I'm excited to see how this goes. Um, but I guess like, I really want to see what is going to happen with Namora um, and, and, um, and, um, and Namor. Like, I, I, I know that that's going to be something that that's, well, at least I'm hoping, you know what I mean? You know, um, I, I want to see how that rift is going to go. Um, what direction Namor is going to take because he, I can't predict him. I can't predict how he's going to go. There's so many different avenues that he can take. And so I, I want to see his character kind of, you know, um, get more fleshed out um, and see how he deals with, with things internally. You know, um, we didn't get enough of, uh, of, of, um, you know, his relationships with his own people. And I want to see how that's, that's going to work. That's awesome. That's a good, we, we talked about that multiple times here, but I love you highlighting it that like, let's, these two are really important to each other. Namor is going to be a force going forward. Um, what do they look like? Um, I'm going to go next. Mine's Kang. Like, uh. um, give me all of the Jonathan Majors in the world. Uh, just give me all of it. Uh, I, I can't wait for him as the villain in Creed 3. Like, just let's do that. <laughs> um, but I really, 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 really want to know how they're going to position him. This is Jonathan Majors is an actor that can play 500 different versions of the same evil uh, or good or antagonistic or chaotic or just completely insane. He can play all of those. I want to see how they're going to position him going into what I, I well, it's not Secret Wars, but, you know, yeah, going into Secret Wars. I want to see that um more than anything and i'm actually more excited about quantum mania than i've, I've been about another movie in a while because I, I just i can't wait to get more of him um evan what you got yeah you guys brought up some interesting points about this phase and then how it feels and it's interesting because like you know right now there's an accelerated pace for this stuff there's just a lot more content there's a lot more stories they're happening faster they get produced and put out faster and also just the nature of the universe itself like a lot of these shows are becoming more self-referential and they're, you know, kind of the phase where you have to address all the stuff that happened before because that's where the characters are now. And um, so I think that's really interesting like the what you guys were saying about phase four being a little rocky, and I definitely agree with that. Um, but, um, and obviously, you know, COVID played a big part in that. A lot of those shows, including Black Panther, got delayed and rewritten, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier, all those. Um got boned pretty bad with uh, that but for me i guess in terms of what i'm looking forward to the most um i'm i'm a spooky boy man i'm looking forward to the i'm looking forward to blade i'm looking forward to Ugh. i know in ironheart they're rumored to be talking about introducing more of the supernatural stuff and more of the you know uh the magic and the darkness and you know um interesting to see where things go with dr strange in the future so that's uh that's the thing that I'm most excited about is just kind of seeing the more sinister side of things and, and getting evil and dark and, and seeing what they do with that. 
you probably stole Steph's thunder in there. You did all the, the, the spooky, spooky <laughs> time. Uh, did you see Werewolf by Night? I yeah. haven't yet. I haven't Steph. yet. I know. I'm going to. I have too much shit to watch. Oh I just finished an interview with a so, vampire. It's so it's, yeah, it's short too. It's only like an hour. So okay, yeah. no, I, I werewolves are my thing. I yeah. love werewolves more than vampires, which is saying a lot. So I'm gonna watch it. I'm very excited for it. I okay, like we we definitely need to chat after you watch Werewolf by Night. I I, mm-hmm. I, I my goodness, oh, uh, I love that though. Blade and the, and the elements of the supernatural they're gonna start bringing. Yeah, I think that'll be. That'll be a fun, fun way. Ryan, last one in the last category, bud. What are you most yeah. looking forward to as we go forward with our MCU journey? Yeah, so um, you guys have a, a lot of good ones. Um, for me, I, I think it's Young Avengers. I think Young Avengers is coming. Um, they <laughs> they added it at least one person who I think will be in it, Riri Williams, Ironheart. Um, possibly Shuri is Black Panther. Um, the, the end for her was sort of ambiguous as to her direction, but... Black Panther usually keeps the Avengers at arm's length anyway, so I could definitely see her doing that. But yeah, just with all the the characters that they've added, um, you know, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Eli Bradley, Patriot, um, you, you count Spider Man, I guess he's still pretty young. So um, I don't know. But yeah, I think uh, I think at some point we will get uh, a young Avengers thing, and I'm uh, really excited because I think all of the performances that we've seen from those uh, actors so far has been really good so i'm interested to see uh how that would go you know it's interesting because none of us picked the x-men and <laughs> yeah. this, is the first, this is the first utterance of of the word mutant yeah well, we've had a lot of other drops and other fun things namor is the first is it really mention mention mutant in this um but interestingly, that's not one of our choices. We're going to be no, I'm changing mine. It was, it was on my, it was, it was, it was, it was my second choice. If someone else, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll add it. I'm going to add it at the end. Because it's the last category. Anna can't tell me what to do. Uh, all right. So for our five, we've got uh, Namor and Namora and what their relationship was like going forward. Wonderful. Uh, Kang. Get Kang coming, yeah. <laughs> Blade, and all of the supernatural elements. Young Avengers, the setup for them, and X Men and the mutants—they're coming. Uh, we're gonna circle back around to you, Steph. What is the thing that you're most excited about? Damn, y'all made this really hard. Um, I'm gonna go with Blade. I'm sorry, I have to. <laughs> Marshall Ali, come on. I'm so ready for this. I'm so ready. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that and all the supernatural stuff. Give me more of that for sure. I like it. Um, I was Blade for I'm Halloween. Gonna... That's what I'm <laughs> that, 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 you're, the, you're, the, you're the most spooky. So um, I'm going to go with Kay. I, I just think that like we already know he's there. Um, we've seen him in Loki. Uh, his last, you know, his last line, his, you know, I'll see you soon. That's that continues mm-hmm. to haunt me as I'm like, well, this mm-hmm. is coming somewhere. We know we're getting it. Um, that's the one I'm going to go with. Evan, what do you got? Oh, man. These are all really good. Um, X-Men is definitely up there for me. Kang is definitely up there for me. Obviously, more Namor. Give me all the Namor. But um, I got it. I think I got to go with Ryan's for the Young Avengers, even though 
Uh, I just I've just really enjoyed all the performances that we've seen. And as far as like the thing that we all love about, you know, the stories becoming interconnected and the the weaving these characters in and out and their different stories. Um, just everyone like Kate Bishop, um, Kate Bishop and Miss Marvel, um, Riri, like everyone's performances have been just really captivating. Um, so I'm just excited to see them all interact together and see what they do with that, with all that talent. There we go. And Ryan, give me the tiebreaker. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Kang. Uh, I, like you guys said, I just I love Jonathan Majors. Um, I, I think we have all agreed that Phase 4 has been uneven. But what I will say is I think um, Phase 4 has actually had some really good villains. Um, you know, Wenwu and Shang-Chi, um, Green Goblin, even though he's like a recycled Raimi villain. But, uh, you know, anyway, um, uh, Gore and Thor, Love and Thunder, um, obviously now Namor. Um, I, I think the, the villains for Phase 4 have been really good for the most part. And, um, yeah, just seeing more of Jonathan Bajor's Kang in particular uh, and along with that other new villains are around. I'm, I'm really excited for that. So Awesome. Awesome. So our final pick for our final category of Great Expectations, what we are looking forward to the most, we ended up settling on Kang and the coming of all the stuff he's going to represent. Um, this was a whole lot of fun. Everybody, thank you for, for coming on. Evan, um, thank you for telling all the uh, wonderful, embarrassing stories about our, our <laughs> wonderful producer, Anna, that you told us <laughs> off mic that we, uh, we're not going to share. Just kidding. More. Okay. LOL. That'll, that'll be in the outtakes portion of the episode. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Steph, it's wonderful to have you join us. I, I talked to Steph weekly about House of the Dragon <laughs> and Interview with the Vampire and not Andor because uh, she's a bum and she has. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> Um, but it's wonderful. And uh, and Ryan actually ditched me uh, at the altar for our last pod that we were supposed to do together. So it's <laughs> nice to finally be important enough to be in your life, Ryan. Um, <laughs> let's do final thoughts. Let's do final thoughts. Um, Steph, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Final thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, you know, with some of the issues that I had, I still love this movie. I, I, I still had so many emotional moments during this movie. Um, and that is something that I love about the Black Panther movies and, and all of the characters that we've gotten um, from this world and in, in, in Wakanda. And so now that we've uh, been able to expand, um, you know, that world into to some new characters and to Talokan, it's, it's, it's incredible um, to be seen on screen, to be represented on screen, to see somebody um, of indigenous descent um, who's dark skinned, who's not, like a white Latino, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of seeing only white Latinos on screen, and um, you know to see see that representation and and know that um, there's so many um, kids that are going to be dying to see that representation and to have him have an accent. Like, are you kidding me? I I loved every moment of it, and I'm also I wanted I didn't get the uh, like opportunity to talk about this, but um, Ludwig uh, Göransson, who did the score, um, did an incredible job. He went all out to find um, Mayan music. Mayan music doesn't exist in the world. Um, 
at all because of colonization. And he went out of his way um, to find the instruments, to find people that speak Mayan um, and, and, and get that on screen. So that in and of itself was incredible. Um, and just all of the beautiful moments, um, you know, you felt the absence of Chadwick Boseman. Um, you know, it, it, it was a character in and of itself. So um, for them to have done such a good job to, um, you know, make that presence be felt and, and, and not <clears throat> kind of gloss over it um, and to include that in the story, I thought was really was really brave. And I can't imagine what it must have been like for these actors um, and for, for the directors, the whole team. Um, so, yeah, overall, I really love this movie. Um, I can't wait to see um, what comes next with these characters and, and continue to grow with them. That was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Steph, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tena Huerta has, has talked a lot about how important it was for him to be brown skinned on on screen. Um, so he's been out there, you know, banging the drum and, and, mm-hmm. and making sure that he talks about it too. So I, I do love that um, for him and for everybody else that gets to see themselves on screen. Uh, Evan, uh, yeah. final thoughts on Wakanda Forever? Yeah, that was very well said, Steph. Um, I, I, this is one of my favorite MCU anything shows or movies um i thought it was incredible i enjoyed it i was glued to the screen the whole time i know like we said it wasn't perfect for the you know pacing especially for me kind of around the end and the final battles and stuff was kind of off for me but overall i was still in love with the entire i was it's the most fun i've had in a theater in a long time Mm -hmm. i was just just back to like that old school feeling of like man this is really really great to be watching this spectacle and these performances and these action sequences and this music and the score and all that um so yeah just an overall great experience one of my top uh marvel properties and uh yeah i'm looking forward to more of these characters and then anything like you said anything ryan coogler wants to do sign me up so pretty man ryan final thoughts bud yeah um like i said i i, I love the movie um it's not perfect, but I, I think it, it does so many things so well. Um, you know, Steph put it so well when she talked about the um, representation aspect of uh, Namor and uh, Talakan. Um, and I just think, I think you can um, make an argument that Black Panther is now like the best solo uh, franchise that the MCU has. Um, mm-hmm. They it's right up there with Captain America. Um, and um, we haven't, mentioned it much so i definitely want to give it a shout out but the um in the beginning the mcu intro of just chadwick and oh. completely silent just absolutely shattered me and it, yeah. uh yeah that was uh that was really powerful that's that's, a, that's really good one to point out um I, I tend to be a pretty easygoing guy and i shushed someone in our my theater <laughs> because they're talking during that um, the dad came out I had I had just gotten off a plane and I was I'd like driven to the airport and I had to like wait for my luggage and I was like I was afraid I wasn't gonna make the the, the showing. Um, yeah, I was like, listen, we're not we're not fucking with this. Um, I want to shout out Letitia Wright because this was an impossible task. Um, yeah. To, you know, she's not in any other MCU movie. Yeah. She's she well she's in Black Panther she's in Endgame and Infinity War. And then since then, she's been nothing else. There's no other opportunity to characterize Shuri, to characterize her genius, to characterize her grief. All of it has to live in this movie. Um, I ca- There's a part of me that wishes she had been in something else because you could have gotten, 
you could have front loaded some of the things that she was going through, right? Give a hint of her rage or her anger or her sadness, just anything. Give, give her more screen time, um, to step in here, basically to step into Chadwick's shoes as much as anybody else could, um, to lose her mother in the movie. Um, I, I don't think that the pacing or the editing did her any favors. And she still, I mean, it's, it's hard because I wasn't immediately drawn to her the way that you were with Chadwick, but that's, that's not even a fair comparison. Like there's nobody else that you were drawn to that could have played James Brown and Jackie Robinson and Thurgood Marshall, you know, like there's, there's nobody else that could have done that. Um, so seeing her step in and own that in her own way, um, you know, she gets a B plus for something that, that, you know, anybody else would have gotten an F minus for it. It's you, you, you can't grade her on a curve. You have to really be mindful of the fact that this is an impossible task. Um, I expect a lot from these movies. I expect a lot from Ryan Coogler. Um, one of the goofy things I do, and, and you know, Anna knows this and Steph knows this, you, know, you compare stuff across. Um, you know, the first Black Panther is a lot like Good Kid, Mad City. It's a lot like it's a wonderful, you know, everybody lives their whole life to make their first album. Um, you know, and it's flawless and it's got humor and it's got sadness and it's got betrayal and everything else. This is like the Pimple Butterfly. This is hard to digest. This is a, this is a jazz hip hop album that it's hard to digest. And I think we're going to be looking at it for a long time. I want to see every deleted scene in this movie. I want to know what they filmed, what they liked, and then what they left out and for what reasons. I want to listen to all the... I'm a commentary dude anyway. I want to listen to every ounce of commentary on why they made the decisions that they made because I'm fascinated and flabbergasted by some of the things that just were so beautiful and are so evocative and some things that just didn't quite get there. Um, But... At the end of the day, it's a blessing to have this movie to talk about. And it's a blessing to do it with you guys. So thanks, everybody. Um, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for going on this journey uh, on Planet Fantasy. And uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off now. Everybody, have a good one. Ah, thank you. Bye. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys.